Good morning, church family, and uh, for those of you that are joining us on our Victory live stream, this is an amazing weekend for us, and I get to share on Easter Sunday. This is the first time in 30 years that we've been pastoring that I've um, taken uh, uh, the Easter Sunday uh, message, and so I just have got a few things that I want to share with you, and I've You've got your outline that you should have been able to grab hold of. And so I want to just go through this outline and stay on track because of our time together and just uh, believe God that there's some special things that God's going to do today. And so I believe it is a special time for us to join together to celebrate resurrection, um, the resurrection weekend of our Lord. Uh, At the same time, Israel is uh, celebrating the Passover. And so for, in fact, let me just grab myself and get myself a bit comfortable. So for the children of Israel, Passover represented their greatest victory and their greatest triumph when God, the great I Am, delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. And for us as Christians, um, this time represents the greatest act of love, victory and triumph when our God delivered us from sin, from Satan um, and death, and he opened the way for us to be adopted into his family. And so this is an amazing time. And so I believe this weekend particularly is significant and that God wants us to focus on the Passover and what that story means in the Old Testament and how it can relate today to us personally. And so within the Old Testament, many of you know that there's types and shadows, that things that are done in the Old Testament, we can just see them at being outworked in our lives personally and in what God is doing in our church age. And so for me, I'm looking at this time and I'm thinking this is quite a surreal time, um, a global lockdown. And uh, we've never been in this place before as a whole as the whole earth, the governments have locked down uh, the nations. No one's allowed to go out of their houses. We're all locked in. And um, I just want you to know that the virus that's been released on this earth, whether it's from man or whether it's uh, whatever they're saying it is, uh, God is bigger than that. And Stephen shared a message about Psalm 91 that no plague will come near our dwelling as long as we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. So we can take comfort with those words. And so for me, this time, it's the first time since the book of Acts that the church has not been able to gather together to celebrate the Lord's Supper or Passover, um, that everybody's having to be in their house. And so this Easter particularly is probably the closest that we as the church are going to uh, experience um, like the first book of, uh, sorry, like the first Passover that was recorded in the book of Acts. And so in that Passover, God instructed his children and his people, you stay in the house, remove the leaven from, from the house, take a lamb and, and, and see that he's spotless and let's sacrifice him and put the blood over your doorposts. And while the blood's in the door, over the doorposts and while you're inside the house, there's no plague that can touch you. And so I want to have a look at that this morning um, and just have a look and see what we can grab from this beautiful truth and apply to our lives today because there's some significant things. And so as I sort of said, this is quite a surreal time. Uh, there's major things that are going on in the economic, with the economic forces in our nation right now and around our globe. Um, there's major things that are happening. Um, we're seeing a clash of kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And the enemy's trying to shut down the church um, and trying to stop the voice of the church. 
But uh, I've got a scripture that, sh that where God says to us in Matthew 18 that I will, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the governments from hell cannot prevail against her. And so I don't care what's going on right now with governments trying to shut us down, trying to challenge us with some ungodly laws being passed right around the globe. Jesus said, I'm building my people and the governments of hell cannot prevail against us. And so God wants us to understand church, people of God, the times that we're living in right now. Um, the, we're coming to the end of the church age, the 2000 years of this age of grace, the age of the Holy Spirit, the age of the church. And we're coming to the close of that age. And I know there's a, there's a few people that have said, well, oh, look, I don't want to talk about end times. I just want to live my life. But I've got a couple of scriptures here where Jesus said, I want you to watch and I want you to pray. You need to be watching and you need to pray lest you actually fall into a trial that's coming on the whole earth right now. Not only that, Jesus, when he turned up on the scene, um, he, said the, he said to the Pharisees, you missed your day of visitation. And he rebuked them. He says, you can read the sky. You can read the signs of, the the signs of when the skies are cloudy. It's going to be like this. When it's sunny, it's going to be like this. He says, you can know the, you understand the weather patterns. But he says here, in, um, he said in Matthew 6, uh, 16, and it's not on your outline, he says, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And so God wants us to discern the signs of the times. And Jesus actually wept over Jerusalem. He said, if you had known this day that you are in right now, he said, you would be saved. He said, but you're actually going into destruction. Um, and that's me paraphrasing that. There was another time when, um, just before Jesus started his ministry, and uh, there was another time that was coming in where Messiah was turning up on the scene. And John the Baptist he was, um, he was preaching, prepare the way of the Lord. And the Pharisees said to him, are you Elijah? Are you the, the prophet? Are you the one that's been promised? He said, no. He said, I'm a voice that's crying in the wilderness right now. No one's listening, but I'm crying out in the wilderness. And uh, then the next day, Jesus came on the scene and John the Baptist <laughs> looked up and he said, behold, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so the Pharisees missed their day of visitation. And we're in a place right now where the church needs to be ready. We need to understand what God is doing in the earth. God says that I do nothing on the earth unless I first tell my prophets. And so right now, I, would, I believe it is right for us to hear reputable prophets and say, okay, what are the prophets saying right now? Because we're in a time where things are closing from one dispensation and we're moving back into the, 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 the last week, the 70th week that Daniel prophesied about. Um, and we're going to be seeing some amazing things. And so God is not going to leave the earth the way it is the way we're seeing things, where it looks like governments are setting the people up and putting hard bondage down on them. In fact, um, in Isaiah 60, God says, and it, it really is, it's looking at, at the time that we're living in now, and it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse 2 says, For behold, Gross darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. I mean, are we not living in this time when gross darkness is covering this earth and the people seem to be kind of just in deep darkness? They don't know what's going on. People are thinking, what is going on? And God said, look, this is the time you're living in. 
that there's gross darkness covering the earth and deep darkness the people. Um, and I just want to stop here for a second. You know, like I've, I've shared with our children who are in their 30s, I've just said, look, when I was growing up, New Zealand was a different place. It was a safe place. It was a beautiful place. It was God's own. But laws and governments have been setting this nation up and changing the way we are as a nation and, and demanding that we remove all the ancient boundaries and the ancient, found, uh, the ancient foundations where the good way is. Um, and so that's gross darkness on the earth. But it says here, but God will rise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And so I love the, the but gods that we see in scripture. It looks like there's gross darkness. It looks like everything is lost, that there's no way out. But God turns up on the scene. And we are in a place where but God. You know, it, looked, it was interesting because in the time that we're celebrating in Resurrection Sunday right now, Calvary looked bad. It looked bad. It looked like everything was lost. I mean, the disciples, they'd run, they'd gone into hiding. And here's their savior. Here's their, who they thought was the king, is now crucified. And then darkness covers the earth as he, as he dies. And, uh, and they're all in their houses, hiding. But three days later, but three days later, the king of kings rose from the dead. He defeated death, hell. He'd taken the keys back off of Satan rose victorious as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so we're in this time period right now where there is a but God. Not only that, it was 40, 50 days later when the disciples were in the upper room and they were again, they were all in this upper room by them, you know, by them, well, together, they were gathered together and they were praying. And all of a sudden, one day, God turns and changes the whole scene, the landscape. Um, the Holy Spirit comes on them. Uh, like a mighty rushing wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. And they went out from that upper room, they went out from that lockdown, and they changed the world. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, 8, I think it's chapter 18, that uh, they turned the world upside down in just a short period of time. And so I believe that we're in this time right now, that we're on the verge of the greatest demonstration of God's deliverance for the earth. God loves his creation. He loves his people. The saved, but he also loves the people that aren't saved. And he's about to pour out his spirit again. And we're going to see an amazing, an amazing move of God in our time right now. And so uh, I just want you to know that we've not been appointed to wrath. We've been delivered from, we've been delivered from plagues. We've been delivered from judgment. We've passed from death to life. And so let's have a look at this uh, Christ, our Passover lamb because I believe that it applies to where we are right now and that we're going to see a replay as it was in Exodus. So I believe we're about this time to see a replay of this amazing deliverance in, uh, in our time. And so just for a background, and you've got it on your outline, I wanted to give, to give a background to the story so that we can understand the context for the Passover. And so in Genesis chapter 12, uh, God was wanting to... Um, find a man who he could build a relationship with, make a covenant with, called him out of his, own, of his own family. Genesis chapter 12, it was Abram. And God said, if I call you out of this, I want to make you a, a, a wonderful, a great people. In fact, let me just stay online here so I, I do it. So God told him to leave his father's house, to go to a land that I would show you. And God, God told Abram that I would make 
you are a great nation and that through your seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And God, in order for God to fulfill his purpose, God needed Abram to offer his only son, his promised son on the altar for God. Um, and that allowed God to bring his own son, Jesus Christ, and to offer his son on behalf of all of the whole world so that we could be saved. And so Abraham, the, the story is that Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons. God renamed Jacob Israel. And so the 12 sons of Israel um, were the sons of promise. And through a set of circumstances, the, um, the, youngest, the second youngest son, Joseph, he ended up in Egypt um, and he was thrown into prison. And within, within a, a day, um, God changed the scene on this young man's life and he went from the prison to the palace and Joseph became um, second in command to Pharaoh and he ruled over the whole nation of Egypt at that time, who was the world power. And then Joseph, um, Joseph ended up dying, the, uh, the Pharaoh died, and then there was another Pharaoh that came on the scene and he didn't know Joseph and he didn't know the covenants that had been made and he, became, he was fearful and he was afraid of Israel because God had blessed them. They were doing well and they were multiplying and, um, and so he put them under hard bondage and uh, made them slaves in, in his nation, extreme bondage they were in. And so at that time God visited Moses and... Most of you know the story of Moses, that he was, um, he was saved um, from Egypt and he uh, grew up. He believed he was a deliverer as a young man of 40. Uh, ended up stepping out too soon and uh, went into the wilderness, became a shepherd. And God visited him in, the, in a burning bush. And he said to Moses, Moses, I've seen the affliction of my people and I've now come down to deliver them. And, uh, and I'm going to judge the nation of Egypt through your hands. And so let's just read the scriptures here and let's just get our understanding of this amazing story of Passover. So Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, it says here, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrow. Verse 8 says, And so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good land, a large land, to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Verse 10 says, So now come now, therefore, and I'll send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And this conversation went on with God and Moses in the wilderness. And, and Moses said, said, God, you've got the wrong man. I can't speak. How am I going to go there? What am I going to do? Um, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Um, and tell him to let your people go. And it's amazing because God told Moses that I would be with you and I'm going to do great signs and wonders through your hands. And let's just read this in uh, Exodus chapter 7 because it's, it's amazing scripture where God says, And so the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. I mean, this is an amazing scripture here. That God says, M Moses, I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron is going to be his prophet. And so God's going to work powerful and mighty signs and wonders through Moses with his rod, the rod that he had in his hand. And so he says, 
you shall speak to all that, that I command you. But he says said here in verse four, but Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my enemies and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And so God was saying here that he's not going to listen. Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. He's not going to want to let you go. He says, so God says, I am going to bring him. I'm going to bring my people out through great judgments. And I believe that God is going to do the same in our time. Right now, the governments, the governments in this world want to shut down the church. Satan wants to shut us down. But God is coming. Before we are raptured out of here, God is going to show his glory. God is going to show his glory through our hands. God is going to make us like God to the, to the governments of this world. And we're going to stand before the governments of this world like Elisha did and say to the prophets of Baal, how dare you defy the great I am? And we're going to speak the same things. And so by the hands of Moses, God visited Pharaoh with 10 judgments. And we see through these 10 judgments, which we don't have to, time to go into today, but we can see every one of those judgments addressed one of the gods of Egypt and God brought those gods down. And it's interesting how I think it was on judgment, the, the, the eighth, seventh or eighth plague, uh, as Moses was coming in to see Pharaoh and saying, let my people go that uh, they may serve me. And Pharaoh says, no, I'm not going to let your people go. And then finally, after a few judgments, Moses, um, Pharaoh said to Moses, okay, Moses, the men can go out, but you're going to leave the children here and you're going to leave your livestock here. And so he said, no. He sort of said, we're not leaving our women here. We're not leaving our children here. We're not leaving our, our livestock here. We're taking all. We're taking everything with us. You know, and then I read that scripture and I think, gosh, sometimes Satan wants us to negotiate with him. And okay, we get born again. We get saved. But hey, you, you can't have your family. Your family's not going to get saved. Or you're not going to receive healing and wholeness and health. Or you're not going to receive the wealth. You're going to leave that behind. And so God doesn't want us to negotiate with Satan. God wants us and our household saved. He wants our bodies healed and delivered and set free. We're going out with silver and gold. We're not going out with not one feeble one that is among us. We're taking our children with us. That's what God said in Isaiah 60. He says, your children are coming home. So any of us here right now that have children that aren't in the house, God says, you're not leaving them behind. They're coming with us. This is a promise of God and we're going to claim that we're not letting go. We're not negotiating. We are bringing out everything that God has promised us. And so before, it's interesting, we get to the, we get to the 10th plague. The ninth plague, it was amazing because darkness came upon the whole nation of Egypt. And even now we're going to see um, darkness. I mean, even when Jesus was crucified, you saw that there was darkness over the whole of Egypt for three hours um, which was just a wake-up call for people. Goodness me, who can create darkness and bring a whole darkness over the earth? God can. And so this ninth plague, there was darkness over the whole nation of Egypt at that time. But the Bible says there was still light in Goshen where the children of God were. And so we come then to the 10th plague. And God got Moses before he released this 10th plague on Egypt. He said, I want you to prepare my people for the Passover, because this was in a serious plague where God was going to um, kill all the firstborn of Egypt. You see, 
Pharaoh and Egypt and Satan had taken and had abused God's firstborn. God said that Israel, the children of Israel, is my firstborn. And you've, made, you, you've killed them, you've killed, my, you've killed the sons, you've killed the firstborn sons in the time of Moses when t- Moses was a child and a baby. And God says, it is now time for payback. You've sown this and now you're going to reap it. And God wanted to make sure that his children were not included in this uh, horrible plague that was going to come across the whole of Egypt at the time. And so he said, Moses, I want you to go to the children of Israel, go to the elders and tell them to prepare themselves for the Passover and prepare themselves because I'm going to be taking them out of Egypt. I'm delivering them with a strong and with a mighty hand. And so let's just read this scripture here in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Then we're going to read verses 5 to 8. And then we're going to read verses 11 to 14 to get us a a picture of this here. And so now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt and said, "This uh, This month shall be your beginnings of month. It shall be the first month of the year for you. And I want, to, I want to refer to that a little bit later, that this is the beginnings of a new life. This is the beginning of a new year. This is a beginning of a new dispensation for you. And isn't that what the born experience is? It's a new day for us. We become born again. We come out of darkness into light. We come out of slavery into being sons of the living God. And so this was that time for Israel. The time of Passover was the beginning of months. It's the beginning of a new time for them. And so it says, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It shall be the first, of the, mo- uh, the, the first month of the year. Now speak to all the congregation of Israel and say to them, on the 10th of this month, that every man shall take for himself a lamb according to his house, and according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And he said, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, And all of that is to do with um, a a type and a shadow and is referring to Jesus Christ who had to be a perfect sacrifice. He had to be a man. He was born of a woman. He had to be a man, a perfect sacrifice. He had to be examined and, and go through all the scrutiny to make sure there was no sin in him. And so this is what they did on this. They picked this lamb, unblemished a male the first year, Uh, that you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Uh, And then in another scripture, it says here that you shall examine it for three days to make sure that it's got no imperfections, that it's totally unblemished. Now, that's not in this scripture, but it's in another part of um, Exodus where it tells you in detail. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it on the 14th day at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh um, on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Verse 11, And thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and with a staff in your hand, for you shall eat it in haste, for this is the Lord's Passover. Uh, Now let's just stop here. And so they had to get ready to leave. God was about to bring a final judgment on Egypt and they had to be ready to leave, to go out of darkness, out of slavery, into this new life as a free people. And so God said that this is the Lord's Passover, this lamb 
For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... God says, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all generations. So you you shall keep it as a feast and everlasting ordinance. Now, isn't that amazing? There's just so much in that passage of scripture. Now, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel that this Passover was to be the beginnings of month. The beginning of months for them, it represented their new life free from slavery. We can see a picture for ourselves in here. They had to also, um, and really we we don't have time, but they had to stay in their houses. God said to Moses, you tell them to stay in their house. Get in their house. This is lockdown time for them. And God said that they are to remove, during this time that they're to remove all the leaven from their homes, and it's interesting because leaven speaks of, um, of sin, of any, any, any unrighteousness that represented their idols, anything that was unclean. And there's a scripture here that I wanted to read to you in, um, again in, Gen- in, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 18 to 19. It says here, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, on the evening, you shall eat the unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month of the evening. It's all kind of quite a little bit complicated. But verse 19, it says here, it says, For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses. No leaven shall be found in your houses. Since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Let me read it again. It says here, Since whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether it is a stranger or a native land. And so what did they have to do? God says they had to stay in their houses. This was lockdown time. God was about to move. God says, now you get rid of all the sin. Get rid of any sin in your life. If you're lukewarm, Jesus said when he was speaking to the churches in the book of Revelation, he spoke to the seven churches and he said, I wish that you were hot or you were cold, but you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And so for God, being a lukewarm Christian is leaven. God wants us to be hot for him. And so this is a time when we are taking Passover, when we're taking the communion, when we are celebrating the Resurrection Sunday, we're in in lockdown right now. We're needing to shut out all the things of this world. We're needing God to look at our hearts and say, God, look at my heart. Try me and see if there's anything wrong in my life and lead me in that path everlasting. God says, if anyone partakes of leaven, you're cutting yourself off. And so this is a serious time for the church that we can't be on TikTok and on Facebook and on the movies right now. We've got all of this time on our hands And Christians, men in your households, call your house to prayer. Call your house and remove the leaven from your house right now because God is about to move. And not only that, God says, I want you to put the blood, the blood of the lamb. I want you to put it over this house, over your homes, over the doorposts and stay inside. 
And so this is a time for us to just think about, okay, God, what is the meaning of this for us right now? And so I was going to read another scripture, but just for the sake of time, I'll leave it. But during this Passover time, God visited and he judged the 10 gods that were in Egypt. And Egypt never did recover from these judgments. She never did. She was a great world power. But after God visited her in this period of time, Egypt never recovered. And during this time, God also made a distinction between that which was clean and that which was not clean. And so let's just look at this here on your outline. I've put here that God needs us to prepare our hearts. The landscape is about to change on the earth. It's not going to stay how it is. God is bringing great deliverance through the hands of his church at our time. God is going to pour out his spirit. There's signs and wonders. You know, there's a scripture which says in the book of Psalms, it says, God, we've heard what you've said. We've heard the acts that you've done. We've heard about it from of old. Do it again in our day. Do it again in our days. And I've got daughters that have said, Mom, we've heard about all of this stuff. Where is God? We're wanting to see God move. And so we're in this generation when we are going to see God move. We are going out. We are being raptured out of this earth before the judgments come upon the governments of hell. We're going to be raptured out of here. But God is not taking us out as a feeble, weak church. We are going out with silver, with gold, with glory. There's not one feeble one among us. We're going out with glory. God is taking with him our sons and our daughters. God loves this earth and he's bringing us into a place of great revival. And so what does God want us to do? How do we prepare ourselves just before we take communion? We stay in the house. What is the house? The house is the local church, a pillar of truth. And so if you're not in the house right now, as we come out of this lockdown, go find a local church and you come under that house. It's a pillar of truth for us. It's the house of God. So you be found in the house. Don't be found on the sports field. Don't be found doing recreation or no, I need to work. I need to make extra money. No, on Sunday, you need to be in the house. You need to be in the house of God. Clean out the leaven. This is a time for us to clean out the leaven. You know, the early church. They understood that Christ was their Passover. And in fact, there's a scripture here in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, get rid of the old yeast, Paul said, so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. He says, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. And so Paul brings the Passover into the New Testament. And he says, he says take out the leaven, remove the leaven. You're a new lump. And Paul tells the church, he says that the church should not partake of the emblems without first judging ourselves. And then, of course, we apply the blood. And the book of Revelation says that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our life unto death. What does love not our life unto death mean? It means that we're living for God. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for God. And just as we finish, and Stephen's just going to come back in in just a moment. Men, I want to speak to you, and I believe that God is saying, it was interesting that Moses spoke to the men of the household, and he says, men, you gather your household, you bring her in the house, you bring your children in the house, you take the lamb, and you, you inspect it, and see that it's got no faults in it, and you apply the blood to your house, and so don't leave it up to the women to pray. God doesn't inst instruct in the, in the New Testament 
specifically women to pray. He actually instructs the men. Why? Because sometimes men don't pray as they should. And so I'm asking, I'm asking you on behalf of the Lord that men, we get serious and take your households to church and get serious and start to make an altar in your home and start to pray with your wife and with your children and let your children see you praying and bowing your knee. Praise the Lord. And so let me just finish with this, that God is not going to leave it how it is right now with the church. doesn't seem to be a voice. Um, we've, we've, we've spoken right now to our government recently and she, has, and, and, and she hasn't listened. A million people saying we don't want certain laws in our nation, but we are a voice and God is going to make sure that that voice is heard. And so I would, I would encourage us to let this time of lockdown um, be a time for us to prepare ourselves and we can turn the lockdown into the upper room like the early church. We can turn the lockdown into a time like the Passover before God visited um, the nation of Egypt in a powerful and a wonderful way. Uh, we can be in this time of lockdown. And so as Stephen comes, there's just a, a final scripture for us. And um, it's in Isaiah 58. And I believe that God is calling the church to an Isaiah 58 fast. And you can read the whole of that, um, that uh, chapter at some point. But here in verse 13, it says here, God says in Isaiah, it said, if you would turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and you would call the Sabbath a delight, and you would call it a holy day honorable to the Lord and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words. God says, but then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And then look what God promises. I will cause you to ride the high places of the earth. If you'll do this, God says, if you'll consecrate yourself, I'm going to cause you to ride the high places of the earth and I will feed you on the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so God's about to do some suddenlies. He's about to do some suddenlies. You may be hiding in the desert like Moses. You know you were called 40 years earlier, but you're hiding right now. God is visiting you and saying, come on. I'm going to make you as God in this time. I'm going to do some signs and wonders through you. God's doing some suddenlies like Joseph, taking us from the prison, bringing us into the place of the palace. God is doing the things like Gideon, who was hiding in the wine press, and God brought him out. And so God is ready to bring his people out. And we're preparing ourselves. So Stephen, would you want to come and join us right now as we just uh, get ready to take communion? And as we take communion, I just would like to say that you may, um, you may not have received the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. He may not be your Passover lamb. You can do that this morning. If you're watching for the first time here and you haven't made Jesus Christ your Passover, then I'd encourage you right now as we take communion that you would receive the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that he's your lamb. He was sacrificed for you. He was sacrifice for you on the cross that you could be saved. And so Stefan, I just want to hand that over to you right now and we are going to take communion. Is that right? Indeed, yes. Uh, great message. What a fantastic word. What a wonderful truth uh, that we're celebrating so, mm. um, uh, Resurrection Sunday today. 
and that indeed uh, Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb, that uh, mm. the blood of Jesus has been applied over our lives and judgment is passing over. Absolutely. How wonderful is that? So yes, yeah, so if you're trusting uh, brothers and sisters that you have your emblems ready, you've got some bread, you've got uh, a, a cup there that you can uh, drink from. Once again, uh, it is not the color of the content in the cup that matters, but what it represents. Uh, Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he says, drink from this cup. This is the, uh, the, the new covenant in my blood that he shared for the forgiveness and the remission of our sins. So, so yeah. with that, uh, and then I like wouldn't mind praying as well. Share Thanks. communion together yeah. and uh, let's just trust God together today that, uh, that uh, really uh, we're moving forward into the very last of the last days and the people who have not been in the house are coming into the house. As Pastor Vanessa pointed out earlier on, that the Israelites in Egypt, they had to be in their houses. It was important that they were not to go out. And uh, these are not the days to sort of go in and out of the house. We're in the house uh, because our safety is in the house. Mm. And the house, of course, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Let's trust God yeah. uh, that uh, this yeah. understanding here. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, now, let me just read again uh, yeah. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 27. Um, and Paul speaking, he says, For I received from the Lord that, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And uh, family, as we partake of this bread today, it represents the body of Jesus Christ that was broken so that we could receive healing today. So if you need healing in your body, just reach out by faith. Uh, it goes on to say, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And of course, we are doing this in the very remembrance of Jesus Christ and everything he's done for us on this cross. Um, and of course, uh, before he died, he said, it is finished. He paid the price. He took care of everything. So it's now our turn to respond to him, that we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. In just a simple prayer, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Yes. You are the Lord of my life. Heavenly Father, forgive me and cleanse me and make me born again. And really, that's all, it's, all it takes. If we confess Jesus with our mouth, that he's Lord the Bible says we shall be saved. In fact, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whoever is really anybody and everybody, nobody is left out. Mm. So, so can I just also just um, say that as we're taking this, can we, as a, as a family, as a church, and anyone, again, that you're not part of Victory, but you're watching this, I'd like us to also just pray along the lines of the Passover. And, um, and so if you just bow your heads and, and, and let's just pray this. Father God, Lord, we know that you've seen the affliction of all of the people of the earth. And we believe that you're about to bring great deliverance to the earth right now. You've heard the, Romans says that the whole earth is groaning right now. 
groaning, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Lord, the earth is groaning because it, it, it's looking forward to a deliverance and the people of the earth are groaning and you love them. Father, we're not talking about the governments of this, of this world, but the people themselves. And so we believe that even over this Passover time, uh, that there is a, a great deliverance that is about to break forth in our day to deliver the people from the hands of the enemy, for us to see a great influx of people coming into the kingdom. And so, Father, we take communion right now now, and we're just right now making a decision to remove any leaven, to remove any lukewarmness out of our own lives so that we can be ready to be used by you like you used Moses, like you used Aaron, you said that I will make you as God to Pharaoh. And so we just thank you right now that over the body of Christ, that you are making your church, who is your body, it's your house, it's the pillar of the truth. You are making your people and respectfully, Father, as God to the pharaohs of this world, and they will not be able to stand before us, Lord God, because your power will be revealed in order for us to redeem the people from the hands of the enemy for your sake, Lord Jesus. And so we just thank you, Lord, that 40 days later, Three days after the cross came the resurrection. 40, 50 days after that came the great outpouring. And so even now, in this next 50 days, who knows what we're going to see on the earth as the outpouring of your spirit, as the children of Israel right now, Israel is taking the Passover. The church is taking communion. We're in lockdown right now. And so, Father, as we're in lockdown, we're using this time to pray and seek you so that we come out of this room, come out of the upper room, a different people empowered by the Holy Spirit to turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for the significance of this communion, of this Passover, this year, in Jesus' name. And so let's partake. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just encourage you, if you want to go listen on YouTube to Chris Tomlin's Jesus song, Messiah, our Savior, there's power in your name. Just go and just soak yourself in what a beautiful name, Jesus. And just allow the presence of God to just minister to you as you consecrate yourself to the Father.